All right, Rad Dads, we're back with another episode. I'm Rob. And I'm Sal. And we have a uh, distinguished guest with us tonight. Tonight we have Dr. Haim, PhD, is an award-winning psychiatrist, music professor, and Churchill Fellow. During his 20 years as a doctor and 13 as a psychiatrist, he has heard the stories of thousands of people. So he does listen a lot. He gets lots of joy out of working as a consultant, consultant psychiatrist in psychotherapy. He speaks from a place of deep compassion and authority on mental health issues that are affecting us all in the new normal. What is the new normal? Anxiety, depression, addictions, trauma, suicide, personality issues, and relationship breakups. His latest book, The Seven Types of Love, Navigating Love in a Fractured World, has just been released. He lives in Australia on the beautiful Sunshine Coast with his wife, Caroline, and loves taking long walks on the deserted Australian beaches with his boys and eating celery. That's Christian Heim, welcome. Thank you very Cheers. much. It's great to be here. And my co-host, Rob. Hi, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rob. So let's get right into it. Uh, Dr. Heim, how many kids do you have and what are their ages? Okay, I have two boys. They're 26 and 25, and um, they're a long way from home. Uh, but I love keeping in touch with them because uh, they keep me going. So you have had uh, much more experience in raising children than Rob and myself. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a new experience for all of us. I suppose I've got the experience in the adult kids area, okay? Uh, that's when the kids think that they're not kids anymore, but um, uh, as a parent, you know that they still are. Yes, absolutely, indeed. Uh, that is very true. Yeah. I, look, I, I could recommend it to anybody, you know. Uh, it's, um, it's a lot of fun being a dad. It's a lot of frustration. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of joy as well, you know. So, But you guys would know that, yeah? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those words are right on, really. It's a lot of hard work, but it's definitely a lot of joy, and you very oh, yeah. much enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, Dr. Heim, can you provide our listeners with a little background about yourself? Okay, sure. So, so Rob, I'm a, I'm a psychiatrist, uh, and um, I've subspecialized in trauma, okay? So that means I get to hear a lot of hard stories from people, and unfortunately, our society is geared so that trauma is kind of in two camps. For females, it tends to be sexual trauma and childhood sexual trauma, and that's, that's really tough. Um, for men, it tends to be war trauma. So I've seen a lot of guys who have come back from uh, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and for Australia, there are a lot of in East Timor as well. And uh, it's, it's a completely different life in a war situation. It, it cuts you to the core, makes you wonder what all of life is all about. In fact, having a child is about the opposite of being in a war situation. And um, the... The beauty of that work is that I work with a lot of guys and uh, particularly in the army, you know, you've, th there's a lot of a macho feel as to what it means to be a guy and uh, needing help from a psychiatrist uh, kind of challenges that and it, it challenges that side in all of us men as well. Uh, but what I've found is that we work a lot in groups and men are able to share share stories share experiences and know that they're not the only ones going through whatever they happen to be going through you know so uh that's 
that's mainly my work uh, clinically. Uh, aside from that, I like doing uh, pod shows, podcasts, writing a few books, giving a bit of research because, well, we're in a bit of a lost society at the moment and uh, uh, there are not many um, concrete rules out there. So uh, it's up to each individual to find where they belong and what their stability is going to be. And so I, I want to add to that discussion a bit. Yeah. I love that. I love that. As we were talking in our pre-recording, we we're talking about that's that's kind of what we want to give back to fathers out there is everything we've learned, get access to to people who have more information than we do and give it to our listeners yeah. and anybody and really anybody out there who wants to listen because it's important to for dads to realize that hey, there's a support system out there. It may not be in your town, it may not be listen your your dad or your friends. Um, but there are people out there who experience the same things you did. And listen, if if there's anybody you can hit up who's going to be unbiased, it's going to be us, and we'll put you in touch with yep. whoever we can. And, and that's, that's yep. why we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, w one of the things about our society, however, is we're in information overload, all right? In fact, there's so much information out there that when people sort of say, well, where am I going to find some information or some help, you get bewildered by how much there is, okay? And the good thing about a podcast like this is it can focus people to sort of say, hey, here's a family of guys that know what you're going through and we can point you in the right direction uh, because it does get bewildering. Uh, bewildering, And it, it just, it's nice to have contact, you know? So I, I encourage men in particular to get together with friends over sports, over anything that, that bonds and uh, over families, you know, and just just to become part of society again. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to touch on that uh, uh, or add to that where a lot of men, they, they think that if they come out and express how they're really feeling and, and they're really hurting inside, yeah. they, they see themselves as being weak. Yeah, I disagree 100 percent. Yeah, so you're, you're reaching out. You need that help just to bring your your state of mind to the right place it needs to be yeah yeah so i i do have a question on that and this is completely off topic and sal i apologize because i'm completely going off our script one thing i've noticed at least from myself is that ever since i've had kids my sensitive sensitivity level has drastically increased is that something you yeah. see from other fathers and people that you've talked to Look, that, that's something that's basically a biological fact because once you have a child, in a sense, you'll never get a good night's sleep again, right? Because, <laughs> well, all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, you're responsible for another human being, all right? And uh, in the first couple of weeks, you are literally losing sleep just to make sure that that baby is breathing, all right? And, and that's something that we don't talk about, okay, because it'd be a total disaster if the baby stopped breathing. All right, you know, but as as a child grows up, it becomes a total disaster if uh, it doesn't come home from daycare, all right, or if it doesn't get on with other children at school, okay, or if it gets punched in the face, or if it goes missing. For goodness sake, that's that's just a awful scenario for any parent or child for a child to go missing, all right. So your life changes as soon as you have a child because you are responsible for another human being. And that actually tugs at the heartstrings, okay? And we don't talk about this enough, you know? So you will actually feel as a dad, oh my gosh, 
I have got to protect this child, all right? And there are bad things out there. And that becomes your responsibility for the rest of your life. Oh, but hey, I'm, I'm not supposed to be a protector. I'm not supposed to be the macho type, all right? Uh, because society is telling me no, all right? So what do I do with these feelings, okay? And those feelings are actually love. You get those feelings because you love that child and that child is dependent on you and you use those feelings to be a good dad. That, that's amazing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's tremendous. It's just true. I haven't, I haven't slept the same since having children, you know. My wife hasn't slept the same since having children, right? Sure. Uh, and um, it's, it's, just, it's just a biological fact. And uh, uh, we don't talk about it because there is this idea that men in particular is supposed to be sort of stoic. And you know what? I, I think that comes from the war culture that we um, created last century. We had a number of horrific wars. And, you know, when you've got a job to do and you're part of a war, there's, there's not much space for certain feelings because you've got a job to do. But in peacetime, in society, at home, you know, um, there's room for those feelings. You can talk about them. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So men's mental health is very important to us, especially yeah. during, during and after COVID. Can you please go into what steps men, men can do to achieve a good state of mind? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Sal, I've actually got a book coming out on this. It'll be out in a couple of weeks called Five Steps to Men's Mental Health. That's convenient. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really convenient. It's really convenient. Excellent. But, Excellent. but I, um, there's, there's this idea that men are not supposed to be men anymore in today's society, and that's really confusing because you can't deny who you are. So what the book is actually about is talking about how men need to take their place as men in a changing world. Okay, uh, there, there are things that are changing. There are um, adjustments that we need to make. There are some advantages in that. Uh, one of the advantages is that you're allowed to be a dad and you're allowed to be a touchy-feely dad and you're allowed to have all those emotions and that feels good, all right? The idea of, of the distant father, you know, you don't have to be like that anymore. You can be right in the thick of it. You can be doing all the things uh, that gets done in a house full of children and enjoying it and being proud of it. But men's mental health is, is really difficult because um, a man's mind can be so dangerous that a lot of people just don't want to go there, all right? Uh, it's, it's sort of like going down a dark alley in a bad neighborhood. You just don't go into your own mind uh, alone, okay? So, uh, one of the problems is that the mental health system is actually geared up for the way that females do relationships, okay? You sit and you stare at each other and you talk, all right? And as you guys know, that's, that's not how men do things, all right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> all right, it would be, be much better if I took some of my, uh, the people that I treat and we rode a bicycle together or we, you know, sort of uh, watched something sporting, you know, and we just sort of chatted along the way. There's always got to be something goal-directed for men. And that's that's evolutionary in origin. Uh, there's overwhelming evidence to say that men went out, they were the hunters, right, you know. Well, to hunt down kangaroo in this country, you've got to be quiet and you've got to pick the right moment, you've got to have a good plan, and then you've got to 
then you've got to pounce, all right? So being quiet is actually natural to men, okay? So being quiet together is natural for men, which is one of the reasons why men just love sitting in front of the television with a football game on, okay, without huge conversation. But it just feels good. It just feels good, okay? So, so mental health is geared towards talking, and you may hear studies that say that women suffer from depression at rates twice of men, and that's actually not true. Uh, the studies are true, but what the studies show are the number of women that go to see doctors for depression, all right? So there are a lot of men that do not go to see doctors for depression, all right, unless they absolutely have to, all right? And even then they'll go kicking and screaming, all right? But hey, what I like is when, when a man does come to see me for mental health issues, you make a connection as men. All right. And and then a guy sort of finds, oh, my gosh, it's finally somebody I can trust. Finally, somebody I can talk to. And when you make a connection with a man, it's it's a beautiful connection. It 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 feels good. You know, the words, uh, the place doesn't have to be filled with words all the time. But that's the only way to get to know what's happening up there. So men do have to talk. They do have to reach out. They do have to see somebody. And then they've got to start saying, yeah, I do need some help. Well, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I think there's two major hurdles that, that men need to, to overcome. Yeah. One, one is acknowledging, okay, there's something wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I need some help. Yeah. And two, making that step to reach out to someone to say, okay, I think there's something wrong. I need, I need to talk to somebody or I need, I, I need this looked at. Yeah. I think those are two major hur- hurdles that right. men struggle to to accept and overcome yeah yeah and and it is difficult for men because again we're going back to caveman days if you had any problem like a sore foot then it's sort of like what you're not coming out on the hunt with us oh no no of course i'll be there i'll be there you bet. okay so so you, we you kind of see where all these attitudes come from but you see right. we're in peacetime it's a different society uh, and if you want to be around for a while, you're allowed to look after yourself, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I talk about the importance of taking care of yourself. And it is a step, uh, but I encourage men to make that step. There are also uh, men's groups, and you would know of resources where men actually help each other to make that step. In fact, if you know a good clinician, like a good psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor or counsellor, um, keep their name on a card, and if you see a guy in trouble, you say, look, this is a guy you can talk to, all right? Uh, he's special. He's okay. He will do it for you, okay? Uh, because it's not always easy for men to say to another man, I need help. Can you go into what the difference is between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, uh, a psychiatrist is a doctor. So um, I would have studied basically surgery, medicine, how the whole body works. And uh, then I specialized in an area of the brain. Uh, And psychiatry is actually of the mind, okay? So you can't actually see the mind. You just know that it's there because we're all conscious of it. And so psychiatry is actually healing of the mind. Uh, But it's it's a body focus, all right? So 
my number one job as a psychiatrist is actually to save lives. And I know that sounds dramatic, but in mental health, that means when somebody is suicidal, they actually need a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, because I've got to preserve their, their whole body. The other thing is that a psychiatrist uh, uses uh, medications, right? Whereas a psychologist generally doesn't. There's a few states like Texas where I believe child psychologists uh, can use medications, but it's basically psychiatry. A psychologist went uh, went through, did science and humanity at university. They normally have higher degrees, um, masters and a uh, PhD to become a clinical psychi psychologist. But their choice was not like, do I become a surgeon or a psychiatrist? Their choice is, do I go into sports psychology, marketing psychology, uh, motivation, or clinical psychology? And clinical psychology is where you get to take care of people mainly with depression and anxiety, okay? But psychology deals with the normal brain, okay? Whereas psychiatry, the iatra in our, in our word means healing a broken brain, all right? So uh, as a psychiatrist, I will take care of schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and things that you go, you know what, Th this is just not right. Whereas depression and anxiety, you know what, that happens to all of us, okay? That's, that's kind of normal. But as you can tell, there's a big overlap. But the psychologist's tool is talking, is working through in different frameworks, okay? So psychologists are great. Psychologists are great for, uh, particularly for men's mental health, because they will make that connection, all right, and to talk through the issues, okay? Sometimes more than psychiatrists, but I happen to like talking a lot, so I use that a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So we were talking earlier just about, you know, how to keep men's mental health stable. Is there any yeah. habits or exercises that you would advise men to overcome negative thoughts? Uh, yeah. So, so the first thing, Rob, is, is exercise, okay? Um, uh, the physicality of a male body uh, gets distracted stuff when it uh, exercises, okay? And it's always good to, to exercise. So that's, that's one of the, the first things that I talk about. But one of the main things is actually to know what your place is in society, okay? Uh, men like to be doing stuff. All right. Now, it doesn't have to be a career. It doesn't have to be a job. It doesn't have to be a sport. It can be being a dad. It can be doing a whole lot of range of things. But that feeling of being useful, I am doing something to contribute. I reckon that's really important for males. Yeah. That's interesting. That, yeah. yeah, that is. That's that's I like that. That's amazing. So you, you mentioned on your website, your primary focus is to get the right dose of brain chemicals to help overcome 21st century mental health issues. Yeah. Now, I, what does get the right dose of brain chemicals? What, what does that mean? And how does one achieve that? Okay. Okay. So um, I, I'm using a pun on the word dose. D-O-S-E becomes an acronym for the, uh, the brain chemicals. Okay. So the, the D is for dopamine. And dopamine in the brain mediates any pleasure, anything that we enjoy from food, sex to the internet, dopamine will be released in our brain and that gives us that feeling of pleasure, all right? And the thing is that you can get too much of that, right? And that's how addictions occur, basically. The O is oxytocin. 
And oxytocin is what we call the, the love drug, the hug drug, okay? Sort of that feeling of love is mediated in our brain by oxytocin, but it also happens in, um, in the business world. Whenever you shake hands and you've done a deal with somebody, that trust that you feel, that's also oxytocin, okay? And our society needs this feeling of trust because if we get to too much distrust, which we're getting to, all right, we actually distrust more and more till we start heading in the wrong direction. So the S is serotonin, and that's making you feel chill, calm, at home, in control. It's sort of getting home, kicking your feet up, having a drink, sort of saying, yep, this is where I belong, right? Uh, and the E is for endorphins, particularly beta endorphin. And uh, a lot of people know that you get a run as high if you uh, jog a lot, but you, uh, you also get beta endorphins when you laugh together with people, when you're making jokes uh, sort of down at a, at a bar, you know, or um, uh, you're singing with people or you're just together laughing with some of your favorite people that feeling is mediated by endorphins. So th that's what I mean by the right dose. Okay. And quite frankly, it's all got to do with people. We, we guys have got to get out amongst each other with our family and enjoy people. I, I agree 100%. I, I know coming out of, uh, well, here in the States, uh, for the most part, a lot of states are, are uh, uh, coming out of COVID, yeah. coming out of COVID, air quotes. Uh, they're, they're reducing the mandates for masks outdoors. And hopefully I think that in the state of New Jersey, they're going to be reducing the, uh, or eliminating the, uh, requirement for masks indoors as well within Fantastic. the next couple of days. Fantastic. So, Fantastic. you know, this, it, it's, it was, it's been a uh, long year where a lot of people, uh, you know, they yeah. get to see each other and they're in the same four walls with their significant other and their kids and tough, very, very, very challenging for some. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. In, in fact, we've learned how much we need each other, right? Just every little interaction, you know. I agree with that. I think one of the things we did, and I think Sal did this too, is we had like a group of friends who we kind of hung out with the whole time. Uh, yeah. That really kept us almost even keel. Like it was the same like couple dads, couple wives, and the kids all kind of got together and they played great together. And they're all different ages, but it was that like six adults that we hung out with and Sal has his group too, that, you know, we just helped each other through the whole, the whole thing. And you don't have to get into deep and meaningfuls. You can just be joking about some superficial crap. It's just being together and enjoying company. That's all it a lot, is. A lot, lot of, uh, I think you said the S was serotonin. That's right. Lot, uh, there was a lot of serotonin and endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's great so you just recently published another book uh the seven types of love navigating love in a fractured world so i'm gonna read yeah. a, a clip right from your site and what you say is where you can learn learn how to love partners family friends and even strangers while showing them how you want to be loved as well which is yeah which is which is deep when did this uh, get published and where can it be found anywhere? Okay. okay. Yeah. So this is published earlier this year and uh, it's, it's on Amazon. So it's, uh, it's in ebook, uh, but it's also an audio book and uh, uh, Caroline's got a lovely voice. So you get to listen to that, you know, but you know, it sounds a bit cliche putting out a book on love, you know, but I, I go through the science of it, but more than anything, 
I go through the practicalities because we do live in a fractured world. You know, we're sort of starting to look at strangers uh, as enemies and sort of wondering if we're safe. And, and that's a pity, you know, because all these little looks that we get through our eyes and our tone of voice, they're actually really, really important. And look, uh, as much as possible, I want to keep dads together with their kids, you know, and uh, love relationships together when it works, you know, and that isn't easy either. All right. That all takes work, you know. So rather than being theoretical, this is all very practical. I go into the science, but I go into what you've got to do on a daily basis, you know, so that makes it easier. So in essence, you get out of it what you put into it. <laughs> that's very good, Sal. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it takes some putting in, you know? Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You have to put in a lot. And, you know, for, for your for your kids, for your wife, you know, just because you got married doesn't mean you just stop and, you know, all the romance is gone. You have to work at, at marriage. You have to work at, you know, raising your kids. You have to work at continuously um, building that bond with, with, your, with your loved ones, your wife and your kids and, and your parents. I, you know, I think that... That sounds pretty, pretty intriguing. Is there a certain gender that's buying it? Is there a certain demographic? Yeah, yeah, Rob, we were really surprised about that. But it's it's males that's buying the book more than females, right? And it's it's younger males, okay? Uh, which which tells me a, a few things. Firstly, men are interested in love, okay? All right, okay. There's just no two ways about that. But secondly, that um, young men in particular are hungry for some sort of guidance, you know, sort of, uh, here I am, you know, early twenties, the world's ready for me, but how do I negotiate my way through all of this? Because it's not that easy and we've torn down structures, which is fine, but we haven't replaced it with anything solid yet. Okay. So, uh, for people to rely, we're trying to rely on science, but, uh, and I've got a, a big section on science there so we can understand the science but you know what we've got a long way to go before we think we can understand love you know i agree yes yeah. i agree as well so aside from uh, your website uh dr christian hyam where else can our listeners find you okay uh sal we're also on linkedin and uh instagram uh and uh yeah we've got a youtube channel too and we have some fun we've been talking about uh the seven love types on the youtube channel and sometimes we look at some of those um fun questions in life like uh, uh is life really that random does good and bad exist you know sort of uh is it really us and them in the world out there so that's a bit of entertainment because uh we we like to have fun as well as uh, do the serious work of mental health. So it's all to keep us mentally well. You know, I, I did see that the late night lies, the 18 late night lies. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sal. You're fantastic on the piano. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you see, before I became a doctor, I was, uh, I, I had a music career, uh, and I still play piano. It's, uh, it's just a good thing to have something that is yours, you know, where you feel you can express yourself, you know. Now so, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried my hand at writing, at fiction writing. It did, did not go so successfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the podcast doing well. The podcast is doing well, and I think it's doing a lot right. better than, uh, than what we anticipated, and it's great. Well, we're having, a, we're having a good time. Yeah, having yeah, a good time. yeah, and there's a need out there, you know, and uh, this may be the sort of family structure of the future, okay, uh, where like-minded people can share ideas 
and uh, get on with their lives knowing that they're not alone because we're not. Yeah, I agree, especially when we meet rad dads such as yourself. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, very nice, Sal. Subtle. Uh, <laughs> if it, My boys can tell you some stories, you know. <laughs> if, you know, in closing, if you can impart any words of wisdom to fathers, what would it be? Uh, I, I, I suppose uh, the word would be be a father, okay? Um, because uh, what happens is it can get really dangerous, particularly if your relationship has has folded, all right? That's a really hard situation. It's actually really easy for men to then just sort of step away, okay? But, uh, but hang in there. Whatever it is, uh, uh, as a male brain, uh, you are naturally a, a problem solver, okay? And it feels so good when you overcome situations that are adverse to get to a place where you're sharing love and you're sharing that strong, protective love that we talked about that keeps you up every night, you know, and you're doing that in a strong but loving way, okay? And that's what we dads have to um, to give to the mix, right? Uh, all of that. So, so basically the the old stereotype of male together with the new stereotype of being more sensitive, we, we can do it all and we can have it all and we can pass it on. You know, I agree. And we, we typically, uh, every episode we, we include a dad lesson. So I, I, I'm going to say that that that's, that could be a dad lesson right there. Be a father. Yeah. But that that's going to uh, shorten our closing uh, recording later. There you go, Sal. We're just going to add that. So be, be a father. Don't be afraid to be hands-on. Don't be afraid to jump in with two feet, you know, be there. So I, Yeah. I think that was, a, that, honestly, out of all the things you've said, I think that's one of my favorite is being a hands-on father and don't be scared. Don't be ashamed of it because I think while the stereotype 30 years ago was, hey, dads can't be hands-on. I think the reality is yeah. more dads need to be hands-on, more dads need to educate and, and teach their kids and even talk about love with them. Like, what does it mean to love? And, you know, I know my dad never pulled me aside and, you know, I'm 40 and been like, all right, Robbie. This is what love means. No, like I think the lesson was more like you treat women the way you you would want your mother to be treated. That was the lesson. That was about the the beginning and the end of it. So like yeah. teach you know our kids better to you know educate them more and you know give them the opportunity to learn more from from seeing their parents. Listen, not every marriage is you know perfect. There's going to be arguments, but at the end of the day, if you have an argument and you make up and you know the the, the love's there and you can feel the love and and see the love that that's what's really important oh yeah that's that's really important in fact for kids to see parents arguing is okay if they see them making up at the end okay to see that problems can be solved okay and so we can tie it into mental health like if any dad is going through a problem you say i am going through a problem and i'm seeing a doctor about it okay uh because uh it's it's actually now a sign of strength to find help for mental health problems uh, and a sign of weakness to keep it to yourself. So we're kind of inverting the way things were about 50 years ago, you know. That's and it so is, true. it's strong, it's, it's strong, yeah. we're stronger together, you know. That is so true. You gotta find that strength to admit that, hey, there's an issue. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and that's uh, because once you admit that, then a solution will be found. But if you don't admit that, then a solution won't be found. The problem's still there, you know. I agree. Well, doc, Dr. Haim, thank you very much for coming on. This was an honor. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, we'd like to uh, get you on again in the future uh, at some time. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thanks. Because no, no, because what, what you guys are doing is is fantastic. Okay. It's needed. These things need to be talked about. Uh, Got to have these sort of forums. They're a whole lot of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Need to get the word out there. Need to have these forums and, and, and have guys just, uh, you know, uh, for lack of better terms, just shoot the shit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I pardon. Uh, please excuse my French. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> all right. No, it's great. It's all. It's all part of the fun. Okay, and fun is part of mental health too. I agree. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Rob. Thanks, Sal. Well, that was a great episode with Dr. Christian Heim. Dr. Heim is fantastic. Um, he did tell us to call him Christian in the future, right? Christian, so, yes. I, I apologize. Christian was a fantastic interview. Very so knowledgeable on, on our topic. Yeah, definitely very knowledgeable. And thing we definitely spoke about was men's mental health and how convenient that he just released a book called Five Steps to Men's Mental Health. Make your mind a better place. I will include that in the liner notes. And then the other book he released, which I thought was very interesting, is The Seven Love Types, Navigating Love in a Fractured World, where he said the demographic, the most prominent demographic that bought this book are young men. Not yes, women, I, I found not that married men, but young men. Yes. Men that, that are seeking love and, no, and don't know how to find it. So we encourage you to go out and buy Dr. Himes' books. Um, you can find them on Amazon. He's not, an, he's not only an author, not only a doctor, but he's also a musician and definitely a character. Yes. Hope you enjoyed the interview and tune in next time for our next episode.